What's up, Unusuals? Jim here from the Unusual Buddha Podcast. This, in this episode, we are interviewing Christy Fuller of Sweary Therapy. With a tagline like, it's just fucking therapy, you know it's going to be good. Do not miss this one. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jim. This is another episode of the Unusual Buddha podcast. Uh, we are here. Today is May 15th, 2022. Uh, the weather kind of sucks here. It's getting ready to rain. I don't know how it is where you are, but I hope it's uh, better than it is here. i uh, finally seen some weather uh, lightening up a bit, and I like that. So um, definitely excited about our guest today, too. We have uh, make sure I do this right. I, I've, I've said her name's wrong in the first uh, invitation to this event. I'm a terrible person, and I'm really sorry about that. I want to say that on air. Very sorry. Um, but it is Christy Fuller of Sweary Therapy. Uh, definitely had to stop in my track scrolling through Facebook when I saw her account. Uh, when you use a tagline like, it's just fucking therapy, that definitely says something that uh, most don't, and um, definitely says something that's that's up our alley here. So... We are going to just roll right into another episode. And let me see if this works better this time. Oh no, oh no, oh no. It's all, it's all gone so awry. <laughs> in the Beninging, that's right. In the Beninging, welcome to another episode of the Unusual Buddha Podcast. Um, so we are... Uh, talking about in this one, we're going to talk about mental health, obviously, uh, and how it's finally getting its time in the limelight. We're finally starting to see some barriers coming down. There's a lot of uh, stigmas being, I guess, cast aside, and it's it's okay to frankly address your shit. 
Um, whereas before, you know, as, as kids and as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure even um, further back than my childhood, I'm sure it was even worse. Uh, but it's nice to see it's finally getting uh, getting its day in the sun. Um, with therapists, usually, if, if you've ever looked into it, if anybody's ever uh, gone gone down that path trying to find one, they're usually they seem very stuffy and very, uh, not I don't want to say put on, but there's there's definitely a degree of uh, quote unquote professionalism they're trying to maintain, um, which is fine. That works for a lot of people, but there's also a lot of times that that I feel like that closes the door, and that's that's a lot of uh, that's why I love what. Christie's doing because it's it's very much akin to what I'm doing here with the unusual Buddha and what you know Benda and just Mike can help me do. Um, trying to bring down the barrier, trying to make uh, I guess take away the gatekeeping. And uh, let's be real, I think all of us at some point have had our own aces. Uh, that's, that's adverse childhood experiences and our own kind of issues. And um, it's nice to see that the barrier is coming down and that uh, you know there's definitely. Someone who's out there trying to make it fun, trying to make it relatable, and trying to make it, God damn it, just real. So uh, without without further ado, I'll let her introduce herself. But uh, Christy, please tell us about yourself. Hey there. Thanks. I appreciate the invitation. So yes, I'm Christy Fuller. I am the Sweary Therapist. And uh, yeah, the Sweary Therapist came about specifically because, you know, when I was doing my schooling stuff and I had to go be this professional and kind of, I had to dress a certain way and I had to sit in a therapy office and it, it just never really felt right. It didn't feel authentic. And I never felt comfortable when my therapists were very professional and I never felt like I could swear and really be myself. And the thing that was drilled into me in school was how important being authentic was, you know, yes, the, the right. client's going to know, Right. If, if you're giving them a line of shit, they're going to know you have to really be genuine in your, you know, in displaying that empathy and you have to really be authentic in the way that you show up. And so we were really strongly encouraged to find our counselor identity. And oh, I like that as a student intern. Yeah. And as a student intern and as a registered intern, um, I, I, you know, your identity is a little limited by where you're working based on your supervision and, and who's your supervisor and who's sort of like you're working under, right? You kind of have to follow the rules. Right. You have to see um, what you can something... get away with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, they have a certain look or we dress a certain way here. You know, one place I couldn't have my blue hair and another place I had to dress more regular business professional, whereas that's just not who I am. And, um, getting to work outside and doing some nature-based therapy, really getting in touch with that side of myself was really helpful. But, you know, talking to some of my clients and then really being able to just allow them, they'd be like, oh, oh, sorry, I said fuck. And I'm like, no, that's allowed here. You can totally do that. And as soon Again. as I realized people <laughs> wanted that permission, right. right? And giving them that permission. And then suddenly the barrier started coming down. Suddenly people started connecting. And so that's sort of how the sweary therapist kind of came to be, where it was like, you know what? Screw it. It's just fucking therapy, guys. Let's just talk about our stuff. Let's just be who we are. And and for some folks that have blue hair and tattoos and piercings and talk like sailors, that's where they're comfortable. And I want to meet them where they're at because that's who I am, too. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think that's a big thing, too, right? A, a big theme of therapy is to meet somebody where they are. Um, yeah. I, again, I'm not like I don't have any training of any kind. I've done a couple of sessions of therapy myself, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's that's definitely something I've I've heard people talk about is is building that trust. And and I feel like mm -hmm. uh, who are you going to trust more than somebody that frankly looks like you or or you know is is into the same things you're into? Or like you guys can compare tattoos or talk about who the artist mm -hmm. is or you know yeah, all those kind of exactly. things. So definitely definitely awesome. 
I can't tell you the number of times, like, so during like intake, usually I'll do, or before I do an intake session with somebody, I do a lot of free consultations because I want to make sure that it's a good match, you know, for both of us that A, I have the skills to deal with whatever this person is bringing to therapy and B, I want them to get to know who I am. And, and if I'm being authentic and I'm really showing up and being super present and super grounded and actually mindful within a session, when you tell me some shit, I'm going to be like, well, that's fucked up. And I need to know that you're not going to like panic when I use, you know, bad language or if I respond in that way. And one of the ways that I found to really set people at ease too is like early on in that in that first consultation is to drop a few swear words. <laughs> and I cannot tell you the number of people that will immediately be like, I can swear here. And I'm like, absolutely swear here. Say all the things that you need to say because if you can't trust me to be cool with who you are, to be on your side and to not judge you, how are we going to get to your the real stuff that you're here to work on? How are we going to get down to that nitty gritty stuff? Because at the end of the day, you know, the all the research shows that the thing that makes the biggest difference in positive client outcomes is the therapeutic alliance, the relationship between the therapist and the client. It doesn't matter if I do CBT or gestalt therapy or whatever technique. It's that relationship. That relationship is like ultimately the most important. So if you feel like you're connecting with me, then and and that you can be yourself then we're both gonna have a much better time here you know absolutely uh, it's swearing, definitely swearing the is my love language too <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had to add that in there uh and then leo also threw in there he's got a background in tech it's his second language i was uh b before yeah for my current career i was a, a automotive technician and uh yeah we definitely oh. there's a lot of swearing there so uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely appreciate it and then, like i said it is nice to see that uh, somebody is you know, like you said, bringing down the barrier and actually investing in, um, in people where they are. Cause I think, like we said, the, the group of people who are seeking out therapy is changing now. I feel like that demographic yes. isn't the same as it used to be. Uh, it's not, I remember when I was a kid, the, the only real, I guess, experience I knew of therapy was from movies. And I remember watching, uh, Right. It was Frazier, wasn't it? He was a therapist, I think. Also a record yeah. radio host mm -hmm. or something. But uh, yeah. I remember what, like that, and I was like, wow, like these people are like super rich, and they're going to go talk about their feelings with somebody. Like, don't they have friends? And but it's really not exactly <laughs> that. But you know, when you're when you're ten or eleven, like you know, it's it all. Yep. The world makes a different kind of sense. But um, I do have to ask: um, when you were uh, dur during uh, quarantine and everything, what were you looking forward to the most uh, when when life got quote unquote back to normal or the the new normal? <laughs> What so did you miss the most? Back to normal? Yeah, what, yeah oh, when everything got okay. back, like what once, what was the thing you were like itching to do the most once the quarantines were off? Yeah, pretty simple. One of my favorite things to do, and now I know like it's big time. My biggest favorite thing to do is I'm a I'm a foodie. I like to go out and eat and have the experience. I want to have the cool new food and I want to have the experience and I want to tip really big and I want to just have a really great time being out at a freaking restaurant and and. Uh, it was very hard to not get to do that. I didn't realize how much that was like my thing. And my right, husband right. and I had just started before the pandemic, we'd started really kind of expanding, like driving out to like Disney resorts or driving further and further away to like these fancy restaurants. And then the pandemic happened and we couldn't do anything. <laughs> it definitely put life on. So that was my biggest thing. Yeah. I'm trying to make sure I, I acknowledge Leo. He's my buddy. <laughs> he's, he's leaving. Um, oh, bye, Leo. <laughs> uh, cause, yeah, you know, and honestly, I hate to say it, like I was always uh, and, and remain still always kind of an introvert. I didn't really like 
don't get me wrong. I, I like to order takeout and I like to eat, <laughs> eat from restaurants. <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, I try not to do uh, too much in the way of uh, eating at a restaurant. One, because four kids and two of them being special needs there's just no way to keep two mm-hmm. autistic mm-hmm. boys contained so i know um, and honestly i don't yep. think they even they would enjoy it you know what i mean like that's that's another thing is i don't want to do it just for the sake of you know bringing my kid like oh we're going to be seen out doing this um to me it's not really oh, that no, important. i absolutely understand that uh, my little yeah. guy right now is out uh in the living room uh, my wife's watching uh but when i left uh to to start the show he was uh dancing around in his underwear eating chicken nuggets so uh, he's he's living his best life and and i really gotta appreciate that (laughs) i love it we used to have what we called no pants day at our house when my kid was little yeah so did days hanging out in the undies definitely something we did too so no pants day (laughs) is definitely a common occurrence here my kid's also autistic and uh but he's older now and but man when he was younger yeah eating was like ugh it was such a battle because like yeah. he didn't want anything because he was so, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of like normal kid pickiness that happens, yeah. but there was also so much sensory stuff going on. Yes. And the textural for stuff, us, the smells. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Figuring, finally figuring out what it was, the thing that like was bothering him or that he could eat or, you know, how to get his brain to wrap around. Like, I just need food for sustenance. I don't have to actually enjoy all of it. I just have to tolerate some of it. Like that was a game changer. (laughs) And then puberty, puberty happened and his body like, you know, grew and was like, we need food, bro. And uh, that really helped. (laughs) Yeah, that really helped. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, he's still a scrawny thing, but you know, um, it's, it's much better now that he's older that we can, he, he actually can find things to eat at restaurants now. So I always loved going out to eat and I lost a lot of that when he was young because it was such an ordeal, you know, like what you're talking about. And it yeah. did change the way I could enjoy it. So as he got a little older, like early teenage years, that's when my husband and I started venturing out again. And we were really starting to enjoy the freedom that comes with having a 15 or 16 year old kid at <laughs> home. And that's when the pandemic happened. Now he's almost 18 and we're like, all right, kid, you're on your own. We're going to start doing life again. <laughs> like we're going out. Figure it out, so, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't make a mess when yeah, we're gone. And, I, and we taught him to feed himself, and we're like, all right, if you don't like what we're eating, which is totally cool, here's the things that if I'm not making something you like texturally, here's how you make pasta, here's how you make chicken nuggies, here how you make you know the food he likes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he can he can take care of himself in that way, which is kind of nice. I don't have to cook two dinners. Yeah, you know, that's, that's awesome. What a blessing. As we're still in the two dinners uh, phase, so yeah, still. Yep. You got to sit down and make a, a no thank you serving of everything. And, uh, you know, okay, yep. you got to eat that. <laughs> and if you don't, like, usually he'll try oh, it or not, or yeah. you know, one or both of them will throw it on the floor or whatever, you know, but you got to try, you got to give him a chance. Yep. Uh, so I do have to ask, yep. we were talking about a little bit about um, uh, during the pandemic here. Did you, did you pick up any new hobbies? I know a lot of people were talking about, I learned how to uh, make bread or you, you know all kinds of wild uh new hobbies and painting right. and arts and crafts and all those really great things did you was there anything you picked up so like my husband is always picking up new hobbies it's like the add hyperfixation thing really <laughs> bad so uh the pandemic like amplified the shit out of that <laughs> and um so I got a little bit into a lot of different things that he picked up over the the pandemic. So like we tried out woodworking, we tried out gardening, and we grew some food for a little while, which is pretty cool, eating like our own cucumbers and tomatoes and things like that. Um, what else did we get into? Oh, God, there's been, there's just so many. I started knitting again, which is something I hadn't done since I was little. Wow. Um, but the biggest the biggest hobby that we picked up was we started going backpacking. Um, 
So I'm immune compromised and because I have rheumatoid arthritis and I take immune suppressing medications. And so when the pandemic happened, we really had to be oh, super wow, like strict, real, especially yeah. the real, real deal for you. Yeah, because we didn't know how it would affect me, right, if I got sick. So we were going a little stir crazy, too. And we had, I think we had ordered like a different hobby kit for like every hobby we could think of. And we're just going through all the different things. And we decided, you know what? Screw it. We have to get out of this house. We haven't been camping in a million years. Let's go camping because we can be outside, but kind of near people, maybe, you know, something like that. And so it just sort of started as something we did with his best friend. And then we did with my sister and it became a way for us to be social in a safe way uh, or safer way. And then that escalated from camping into like actual backpacking. We started going on like primitive camping and then like to trips where we actually were like, you know, hiking 10 miles a day and then camping overnight and just like getting all the ultralight gear. And it's a really expensive hobby to get into. <laughs> no kidding. I've seen but, some of those, like the, uh, oh, the shoes alone are just, uh, are, are just out there. Bro. It's insane. And my husband has like the bougiest taste in everything. And I'm like, honey, <laughs> excellent. I love excellent you. Excellent word. Word of the day. Bougie. I love it. Bougie. I love it. He is the bougiest. Got to go uh, glamping. To be specific. Huh? Well, he doesn't want to go glamping though. He wants okay. to actually go do the hardcore backpacking, but he wants to have the best gear to do it with. Oh, ah, okay, so, okay. So he wants know, to be tacked out. He wants to be tactical. Very, very, very pragmatic. That or just like the most top of the line ultralight this is the lightest weight tent you can get it's simple you use your trekking poles but it's made of like the super duper whamadine awesome material and it only weighs i don't know how many ounces and it's a thousand million dollars <laughs> <Can't have laughs> yeah, it. right oh, so geez. yeah and i'm like honey married a, an, i was an educator before i was a therapist and neither of those professions are really known for making the big bucks so i'm like okay you have to be really picky and choosy about which expensive gear we buy yeah, we're not getting all so, of them but that is yeah, we can't get all of it, but that has been our biggest, uh, our biggest new hobby. And so every couple of weekends we try to get out. Um, it's definitely like our happy place for my birthday this year. We actually went to, uh, we did the very first section of the Appalachian trail starting at Springer mountain in Georgia. Oh, wow. And we did the first like near 20, 25 miles of that for my birthday. Um, it was great. We spent like three days out on the mountain. I wish I could do the whole thing, but yeah, I don't that's, know. That's, kind of time. I was going to say that's a long time. <laughs> I, had, I had a friend that did it, uh, fresh out of high school. I think it was just one of those wow. things he wanted to just, guess, what, do you, what do you call it? Put some miles on his soul there before he you know, had yeah. to go do uh, you know, his, his college stuff and all that. Obviously, this is a while ago. This oh, is, yeah. uh, I graduated in 04. This is quite a bit ago. I'm sure his life turned out great. I never contacted him again. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so he, he dropped well, off after, really... I guess, uh, Facebook seemed less important after uh, you know, doing that for, I, I think, yep. it was a month. Uh, I say it actually was like six months or something. He took a long time. Six months if he did the whole thing. Yeah. If he if he did the through hike of the whole thing, it's usually a four to six month adventure for people. And when you talk to folks that have done the whole thing or you watch video, there's a whole bunch of videos out there. You can watch people doing this stuff and, and recording themselves and which we geek out on and, and watch a boat boatload of ourselves. Um, but there's something about it. Like when you're out there after a few days, you really just kind of can't help but start being more mindful and start yeah. being more present yeah. and and over time especially the longer distance trips which i haven't done anything this long like you just have to come face to face with some things you know yes. like what you don't have control over yeah, you know those kinds of things some demons so, mentally. yeah mm-hmm. super transformative apparently and i i would love to be able to do that that'd be a really awesome experience definitely so i do have to ask really so, awesome. so with um with hobbies and things like that and i know a lot of us pick those up to yeah. um I guess to keep from going, like you said, stir crazy. 
Uh, so when <laughs> when do we break into uh, the point at which we are, I guess, finding hobbies and digging into things in a healthy way? And, and when are we starting to use them mm. to bypass? Like when, when do we reach that phase? Right. So I feel like hobbies are, are a similar uh, venue to like spiritual practice and spiritual bypassing is a huge yeah. thing that I myself am guilty of yep. too, but uh, it's not just uh, something that happens to spiritual people. Uh, it also happens to really everybody. But when, when do we actually start uh, breaking that, uh, that barrier between healthy and unhealthy? So like, I think it, it for me, I sort of think of it this way. Like, you know, if everyone knows a term like compartmentalization, kind of where you can like take the thing you're dealing with and you put it in a nice little box, you put it on the shelf and a healthy version of that is where when you're, done doing whatever it is you're doing. Let's say you're at work and some shit comes up for you and it's really triggering and you really are freaking out, but you put it in a little box, you set it on the shelf. You're like, I, I have to finish the shift uh, because I have to make the money to put, you know, keep the lights on at home. But when I get home, I'm going to deal with this. And then when you get home, you actually deal with it. That would be a healthy way to kind of compartmentalize. It's like a coping still to get you through to the, to the time where you can actually deal with it. If instead you're treating it like that Tupperware cabinet that we all have, where you quickly open it and toss in the container and then slam it shut and then hope that nothing falls out. Yeah and never ever open the door again, that's when we're doing it in an unhealthy way. I think, you know, I encourage my clients to to dive into those hobbies and find those hobbies and look at it kind of like uh, a form of their self-care and not self-care in like the buzzword sort of way that we all are seeing right now, like yeah. not spa day, but like the care for yourself as a human organism, right? right, right? right. You need there's so much that we need, right? We need our basic needs met. And we also, but that includes basic psychological needs that, that includes our emotional needs, intellectual needs, spiritual needs, you know, so we, we need a variety of things that we do that take care of ourselves. So I sort of think that it's, it's about being self-aware and not on autopilot. Like it's, it's a different thing to make a conscious decision to engage in an activity because you know that it brings you joy or because you do need to distract from something that's really overwhelming or whatever the thing is, rather than autopilotly, autopiloting your way through and finding yourself engaging in an activity without having made a decision because you're just numbing your feelings. Okay. I think that's yeah. the difference. And it's a pretty fine line for everybody. And, and it involves having other practices that help you stay mindful and aware of, am I autopiloting into this just because I'm trying not to feel things? Or am I making a decision about this activity? I've chosen to engage in this activity because I need some joy in my life today, or yeah. I need to reflect on this, or I need to, I need to just think about something else. I don't want to shine my light of attention on this fucking bullshit anymore. Yeah. I need a break. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah and, and I, I, I like that. I like the way you said that. I, I think uh, that's something that happens, like I said, it's so often in the, the spiritual communities too. And I say spiritual because I don't really know what, uh, I guess, genre it would fit into right about Buddhism and stuff like that. People get weirded out when yeah, you say yeah. that, but, uh, you know, it's not all new age and things like that. But there's a lot of, it's a very common oh. theme to, to, you know, you sit down and think about uh, I guess things uh, on a much grander scale or so it would seem. Um, and it's easy to get caught up in a lot of frankly bypassing it. You're thinking about, uh, you know, something mm -hmm. Aristotle said instead of, uh, you know, that mm -hmm. issue you have with your mother-in-law or something, you know what I mean? Like instead of approaching something health, health in a healthy way, you've, uh, you know, tried to occupy your time and your mind with something else. So that's good. That's, and I appreciate the, um, the analogy because let's be real, the, uh, the Tupperware thing, I think we all know. <laughs> 
Exactly. That is, matter of fact, a couple hours ago, I, I slapped some lids on some things and chucked them into the cabinet myself. See? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be the junk drawer. It could be the closet. We all have a thing in our house where we know what that's like. Because, you know, what? it's a pain in the ass. Who wants to deal with all that shit? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's and that's the problem. And that's that's uh, like they say, that's like back to the point you said of uh, self-awareness. That's that's where we actually start to do the work and start to, uh, you know, like get. Uh, I guess deeper as as humans, but uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. definitely not comfortable, though. It definitely makes for some squirmies when you're trying mm-hmm. to you, have to you need to address something and you realize you've been bypassing, which I think, you know, we all need to have that moment once in a while where we're, we're we discover exactly how much our own shit truly stinks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think it's important too though that people gonna give themselves permission to acknowledge like bro this sucks. Yeah, it's this okay sucks. to say I'm it's straight up not like having it. a good time. Comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't like this, yeah. right? And and I don't I think that people think that when you're going through whether it's your spiritual practices, your therapy homework, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, in order to, you know, live your best life, whatever, however you conceptualize that, like it's not all rainbows and sunshine. And in fact, you know, if it was, I don't think we would appreciate it the same way. Like life is ups and downs, right? It is all these other emotions. I think people get stuck on too. Like I want to feel happy. Well, that's all emotions are transient. They're temporary. They are momentary experiences that we get to have, but they, they, they end. Yeah, And And so does sadness, right? They all end. You know, that's so funny. You say it that way. This is my favorite part about, about therapy. Cause I feel like, uh, Buddhism is a, you know, if you want to call it a faith or a belief system or whatever you want to call it, uh, it is probably one of the first that addressed, uh, at least that I know of, address yeah. mental health in a very similar way to what is, uh, you know, scientifically acceptable right now. Like, hey, dude, if it sucks, just say it sucks, but don't don't get attached to it, the fact that it sucks. Or if it's good, enjoy it while it lasts, you know, but let it go. Like, you know, I like that that's, it's funny yeah. how reinforcing mm-hmm. it, it, it truly is. Um, I think it's one, one feeding the other. Um, Mm-hmm. Then uh, I don't know if you saw Pil- Pilsen added a I, comment. Uh, the first thing you have to accept is it sucks sometimes, and that is very true. Very, very true. It does suck sometimes. And, and you know, and, and I think there's a lot of power uh, in just acknowledging that. And it's not. It doesn't have to be yeah. negative. That doesn't have to be where you live. But uh, it is nice to uh, one of the the stories I usually tell people about um, time as a firefighter is one of the one of the hell weeks was um, where they messed with your your air pack and you were in a dark. Uh, a maze and um mm-hmm. and i freaked out I, I i did not truly did not realize how very afraid i am of uh fine spaces and i'm working with it and it's you know it's getting better it's not as bad as it was but it's you know obviously not as good as some because there is that 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 phobia there but uh yeah the the, the best advice i got from from any of them uh, as far as like a m- mental preparedness is to just be honest with yourself like if you are afraid you're afraid if you are sad and this is the the i guess the lesson i extrapolated from it but uh his his uh mention was specifically fear because he was saying that the the people that try to psych themselves up and say i'm not afraid i'm not afraid are the people that usually freak out the most and if thinking about yeah. it it's funny because it could apply that same methodology could apply to really any emotional status anytime you are anytime you're in a place where you're not accepting the reality of what is you you are really setting yourself up for trouble uh, because eventually you will break through and uh in my case uh you know s- scream and yell and, and and tell people to get you out of the place and <laughs> all that stuff so right the sooner you can accept it the better I, off you are 
Yeah, absolutely. I literally just wrote like a little note to myself, accepting things as they are is an important part of getting to where you want to be. You know, I, I use that. Uh, there's an analogy I use with one of my clients, well, a lot of my clients, but one in particular stands out. He's he's also an avid outdoor person. And so we use the analogy, like if you are on a hike and you look around and you realize you're not on the trail anymore, if you don't like admit and accept that the thing, the truth of the matter is you're not on the trail, you cannot find your way back. Right, right. And if you can't find your way back, then you're not going to get to your destination. Right. And of course, in our imaginary world, like you can always find your way back and it's always safe. But you have to be able to accept I am off the trail and I need to figure out where I am so that I can determine the direction that I want to be. Like which path is the path yeah. back to the trail yeah. that I'm supposed to be on. Um, you know, it's funny you also mentioned the Buddhist philosophy like uh, that definitely influences a lot of my uh, pre-counseling experiences and, and part of what informed the kinds of therapy practices and different researchers and things that I ended up getting into were definitely the ones that aligned more with like the Buddhist philosophies or or that sort of those sort of teachings. That's where I kind of came from um, learning about mindfulness and things like that before I even became a therapist. And so a lot of that stuff permeates into the work that I do with clients and using phrases like that, you know, like, uh, what is it? Suffering is optional. The pain, pain is, you know, everyone has to experience, um, what is it? Suffering is not optional. Pain is optional. That's the one. Yeah. I think, if I could say I it right, pain, that'd be better. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the suffering part is the, is the, is the part you choose. I think that's how that, yeah. yeah. Physical pain yeah, happens, but the, pain, yeah. pain happens. Yep. Yeah. Something the like suffering that. Suffering is optional. Yep. All I know is I feel yeah, mad inspired. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to ask you, uh, as well, far yeah. as the, so you're talking about, uh, noticing you're on the path. And I think this is the part where, uh, where I guess, uh, you know, Buddhism would, um, diverge with, uh, therapy is, um, when does somebody know that it is time to, uh, you know, look for a therapist or, you know, just cause it's similar with, uh, Buddhism, you know, people practice on their own, they do a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, uh, there, there's a, like an onboarding process for, for, you know, to, uh, get a spiritual teacher and things like that. But when, when should somebody right. know that like, okay, maybe this isn't, uh, maybe, maybe I'm not, uh, maybe these podcasts aren't cutting it. Maybe this self-help book isn't doing it for <laughs> me. Like maybe, uh, maybe I'm, I'm a little yeah. further beyond, uh, just journaling here or something like that. Like when, uh, what, what are some possibly some indicators that somebody should, uh, seek a professional? Well, I think it's going to be different for everybody. Of course, I'm going to just push the fact that you don't have to wait until it gets to a certain yes. point. Like everybody should go to therapy for any reason at any time. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be fucked up. You don't have to be any of these other crazy things that people sort of say, like literally it any reason. can be maintenance okay. too. Now is yes. I have a regular therapist. I mean, all, I think I was also taught this and I believe all good therapists should have an even better therapist of their <laughs> own. And it doesn't mean that I'm constantly working on things on a weekly basis. Sometimes I'm just going monthly, just sort of checking in, making sure that I have that, like you said, maintenance for sure. Um, but to answer your question, I would kind of say like, if you're noticing, if you've gotten to the point where you're noticing patterns that are being repeated, that are not patterns you want to repeat, right. and it feels like the things you're doing are not getting you anywhere, that would be a good time and a good sign to maybe look for too that, you know, I'm spinning my wheels and nothing different is happening. Yeah. Right. So when, when you start kind of noticing that, when you start being aware that you're spinning your wheels um, and nothing seems to be changing or you're repeating certain patterns, that would be a great time because there's probably something that is just like, it, what's funny is I can't tell you the number of times like in a session, you know, I'll say something that seems really simple and they're like, Jesus Christ, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, you, you can't, 
do the work yourself. I mean, that's literally why we go talk to somebody else. And the difference between talking to your friend and talking to a therapist is like, as a therapist, there's certain like guidelines that I'm going to follow too. Like, I'm not necessarily going to tell you my story, which our friends are always going to be, oh yeah, that sounds like this one time when I did X, Y, and Z. Right. And also I don't have any other goal than what your goal is. So your friends have different kind of uh, plans and intentions, right, right. right, for what your relationship is and what their goal is for how you should feel, not whether conscious or not. Whereas my goal is whatever your goal is. So processing your trauma, working on your anxiety, um, you know, learning to talk about these things without freaking out, things like that. So our goals are a little different. And so the way that I'm going to respond to the things that you say is going to be totally different. And so that's why it's a little bit better or a little different when you talk to your friends versus when you talk to your therapist, which you should talk to both. (laughs) But I would say the only other thing that I would say for sure, you should go see a therapist also if you're you're having thoughts of hurting yourself, you know, whether we're thinking about killing ourselves or just hurting ourselves, or even like those passive thoughts that people don't always consider as actual suicidal ideation. So things like, man, I really wish I didn't exist. I wish I could just melt into this couch and never, ever get up again. Um, I really would like to be dead, but I'm not actually going to do anything about that to make it happen. But if it happened, I wouldn't be sad. Like if you're having those kinds of thoughts a lot, it's time to go talk to somebody because it can be a really scary, slippery slope that happens really fast from those like kind of passive thoughts to people making some really rash decisions. So a lot of, a lot of permanent decisions being made over temporary problems is what the friend put it that way. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I've even worked with folks that are suicidal and, you know, they're like, okay, listen, you know, dead's forever. Can you just give me a couple of months, you know, and then if you still want to be dead forever, then you could make that decision later. But for right now, can you just put it off for a few and Uh, we can see if we can work that out? Yeah. Like, come on, let's just see what's, what's a couple more months. Uh, Yeah, exactly. A couple more months between friends. Um, yeah, I think for me, uh, I, I know for, for my situation, we had a class about uh, about ACEs. That's why I brought it up in the beginning, because I wanted to make sure to talk to you about yeah. it. Uh, as, as a first responder, they, they, you know, we have an obligation to report things, to you know, spot yep. things and see not only abuse in children, but also uh, like the, you know, mentally disabled or the elderly. Um, basically, anyone being, mm-hmm. you know, taken advantage of in any way, we, we are we have an obligation to report it. Uh, and then one of the things they talked about is uh, that the county I work in, they're actually uh, expanding and upgrading and, I guess, rolling out a program where um, the uh, – basically, they're trying to maintain track of the kids and they're trying to uh, – you know, so if somebody has uh, – you know, basically, they're connecting it to police and fire so that should there be something traumatic, somebody mm-hmm. knows that, oh, there's a kid in this house, uh, the guidance counselor – is just going to go talk to them, you know what I mean? So they're they're trying to, I guess, uh, right. uh, create a, a uh, more of a network for the kids, which is phenomenal. Uh, talking yeah. about a lot of the stuff during the class, like it, it did bring up some stuff. I had, I had a difficult childhood with uh, and some issues with with my parents, and more so my mother. But uh, so it definitely was was tough and brought up some things. And then uh, you know, like you said, I just uh, started talking to the therapist uh i luckily i'm i where i work we have one that was uh supplied so i did a couple sessions there you know followed some advice and uh ended up going even further and 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 getting uh on some meds to to help too but um definitely like like you Mm -hmm. said it's 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 um it doesn't have to be uh you know so scary and it doesn't have to be um 
you, you don't have to be on, on, on the ledge to go, I guess is what I'm saying for, for, you know, I know it's yeah. a, a terrible analogy, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like you don't have to wait till it's that far. Um, that's something, exactly. that's something that, uh, that, that she, she reiterated. Cause I noticed in myself, I was getting into, uh, a point where um, I was getting good at drinking again and you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So, so obviously Mm -hmm. talking about slippery slope, you know, I feel like once you start introducing substances, you're definitely, uh, definitely getting, you know, you're, 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 I guess, greasing the skids to, to get even worse. So uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you've noticed that you're using substances or anything that at that distraction level, like we were talking about earlier, you know, if you're constantly numbing out, whether it's with a substance or an activity or, you know, anything else, then that's a good sign. But I mean, it, it, honestly, if you're just like, man, this anxiety is annoying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would like to not be so anxious all the time. Or, you know, God, this depression is really annoying. I'd really rather not, you know, have to spend two days in bed every every month. Or, yeah. man, ADD is really driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> I would like some tools <laughs> to manage this a little better. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so those are all reasons and great reasons to go to therapy. There's so, you know, or you just, I want to be able to have better boundaries. You know, I want to be able to speak up for myself, all of those yeah. things. If you've got a goal, something that you want to learn how to do that you're looking at the self-help aisle for go to therapy. Yeah. That's what and we that, do. I was going to say, that's, that's <laughs> another thing that people don't realize and that I, I didn't realize either is that that is uh, like you said, that's a regular thing. It's okay to go to them for uh, behavioral things. Like if you want to fix something about mm-hmm. yourself, you I don't want uh, I think they even did uh, for for mine uh, they did like uh, smoker cessation classes they did uh, yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff so it's like part of the whole department I mean obviously like I said it's a, a public sector job so it's cool that they have it but it's usually not as good as it sounds but uh, the fact right, that they have right. it at all is awesome <laughs> but um, but yeah I think I think that's something that uh, that's another good point to make is is that there's uh, there's a whole other dimension that I didn't realize either is, like you said, just trying to fix, uh, and I don't want to use the word fix cause I, that, make, that implies broken somehow. Right. But, uh, if, if you, if there are things about your behavior that you are not happy with and you don't understand where it comes from, uh, therapy can definitely, right. definitely help get you to the root of some things. All right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that in conjunction with the self-help books and talking to your friends and all yes. the good hobbies you have, like all together. Yes. That's what helps you live that life that you want to live. Like you said, I, I try not to use the word fix too, because that implies like a brokenness, yeah. but rather like it's uncomfortable living that way. Sometimes it's exhausting living, you know, the way that some of us have lived or are currently, you know, yeah. experiencing challenges with. So that's a really good point. That's what a therapist. Yeah. Has to do. That's a really good point. Cause I think uh, yeah. that's one thing that I noticed uh, w- with myself is, is there like I was stuck in these recurring, uh, downward spiral thought loops and, and, you know, just getting more and more negative. And it was just, you know, get so bad, so bad. And then, you know, I guess it would come to a head and I would just, uh, the bubble would burst and I would, you know, feel okay for a while and then it would come right back. So, um, mm-hmm. definitely something that, uh, that's that repeating pattern yes. thing. That's right. When we start uh, noticing the pattern, you're like, all right, something else is going yeah. on here. You know, and a therapist, you can go to them and basically you're like, what do you see that I'm missing? Yeah, like, exactly. What? I'm missing, you know, and, and, you know, a good therapist is going to help you figure that out on your own. They're not just going to tell you what your problems are, you know, because here's the thing, you're the expert in your life. I don't know shit about you. I am just the facilitator here in your journey towards what you define wellness to be. Absolutely. And so that's going to be a very personal decision too. And well, what's wellness for you? How, what kind of life do you want to live? Absolutely. 
and then let's 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 get you there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like let's and and like I said, I I think the the best part about it is, and I think this is the part that that seems to be hooking a lot of people is the uh, propensity, the the requirement, even the like the minimum purchase here of, of entry here is uh, is to self acceptance and and self awareness. I think that's something that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, society or however you want to phrase it all. Uh, I feel like we've been lying to ourselves for a very long time uh, because it was societally, <laughs> you know, you're supposed to go to work and not ever take days off. And, you know, that's the only way you're going to show them you <laughs> care. And, <laughs> yeah. And you, you know what I mean? So, like, a lot of things, I think the veil got pulled back on a lot of stuff. And a lot of people are just like, you know what? I don't want to fucking do it. I'm not going to fucking do it. And that's that's that. And and I think that's mm-hmm. it's it's maybe the bigger part of behind why, why therapy is getting to be a big thing. And I did not realize how much of a shortage of therapists there are um, needing to find one, needing to get one uh, for a, maybe not an, an emergency situation, but like quickly, it's actually rather difficult. Yeah. There's, there's a be. lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. know, around, around my area. There's a lot of waiting lists and a lot of like, uh, I got put on one list and the lady was like, okay, this is a waiting list. I was like, okay, so how, how long is the wait? And she said, well, this is, not the timed waiting list. This is the untimed waiting list. So not even at oh. the timed phase yet. So this is the little room before the waiting room uh, to, you know, wait. So yeah, it was pretty scary. And um, wow, that's how it is. So I do want to say, I do appreciate what you're doing. And I do think that that's uh, something that um, I think we're gonna see a lot more people getting into the field just because uh, there's such a high demand for not only therapists, but mm-hmm. good therapists and counselors and things like that. Absolutely. And and it's interesting, too, because we have a variety of ways that we meet our clients, you know, like I'm I'm self-pay only cash pay only. I don't deal with insurance companies, which does create a barrier for some folks who can't afford it without their insurance. I do contract with a company that does take insurance. So I do meet those clients. You know, I give back to the community where I can. But and that that's another thing is getting paneled with insurance companies is a whole nightmare. And so like I, I work on other jobs. So I'm an educator. I have a full time other job. I do counseling full time, too. So like I'm really busy. I don't have time to be on the phone with an insurance company fighting over claims for the amount oh, and of how the fuck, it, you know, it's hard to derail. But I have to I have to say <laughs> something right now. So how is it we have a Go system ahead. where somebody who is not trained in any medical anything like in no way whatsoever oh, yeah. probably doesn't even have mm-hmm. a, a you know first aid card uh like is the first thing you have to do as a you know right? any amount of of healthcare provider um how are we at a point where we are letting people that don't know shit about shit decide things like this like uh i'm doing something similar with Bro, yeah i, I mean know. it's just it blows my mind like <laughs> okay, so you're a doctor oh no i'm not a doctor i'm just uh you know or the um the other one that really pisses me off is the uh the insurance codes Oh, well, they didn't use the RG49 code, so <laughs> you're paying nine hundred dollars yeah. instead of twelve. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're gonna recalculate that. Yeah. Whatever y'all gotta do. But sorry to aside, right. but wow, the 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 health system. No, is... no, that's, and that's why I. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I, I don't totally take it, it in my private totally practice. Get it. It's too hard. It's too hard, and it, and and then they underpay. And they undervalue, you know, they'll pay, they'll pay a doctor $500 to put a Band-Aid on your knee, but a therapy session, they're like, you want how much? We'll give you six. Yeah. And you're like, we, I, you guys I are going to talk about feelings. Do we even have to pay degree. for this? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And they, they devalue us, you know, cause we don't have a doctorate degree, but I mean, some of us have more than one degree. I have more education technically in years than some doctors do because I have two master's degrees, yeah. you know? So it's like it's very frustrating on that end. And so it creates a huge barrier in terms of people trying to get help. And, and those of us that are trying to offer 
help, you know, and for a lot of therapists too, a lot of us struggle with this, like, you know, we get into therapy because we want to help people. Right. But uh, it's, it's still my career. It's still, I have to pay the bills. I have student loans. I have a fuck ton of students. I went to a private university. I'm an idiot. And (laughs) and I don't know if that sounded like a good idea. I love my school. Don't get me wrong. It was a great experience and really awesome program, but like so expensive. I'm going to be paying that shit till I die, you know? So just uh, to show how awesome the system is here, the debt is entirely unescapable. You can never, it will never leave. Yeah. Believe it even passes on to your exactly. descendants uh, on until your Depending, until your yeah. family line ends. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, you have to give up your first board yeah. or some shit. It's it's insane. And so so a lot of therapists are really torn between, you know, wanting to really help their community and not charge a lot of money and, and create as much access as we can, but also, you know, keep the lights on. Yeah, at the end of the day, you and a lot of people don't want to talk too. about that side of things. Right. So it's it's really hard in terms of like access and you know, I wish I wish more therapists were a little bit more responsive. There's definitely some that get a little overwhelmed and they'll keep their profile listed on a directory and they'll they won't go in and change it and say, Well, I'm not accepting new clients. And so, you know, if you're out there and you're looking for a therapist, definitely, you know, check out the different directories. There's like psychology today, therapy den, mental health match. And then there's a bunch of like specific ones, like there's one like called like therapy for black girls, and then there's the Loveland Foundation. So there's a whole bunch of places you can like look for yeah. therapists. But, um, it, you know, it, not all of us will be as up to date in terms of like updating our profiles. So definitely don't just find the one that you're like, this one, yeah, I love yeah, this one, find a few, find a few <laughs> interview, you know, reach out to several. I highly recommend checking out the folks that give you a free consultation, um, you know, and that way you can really shop around and, it, you know, people, do, you know, we have a negative connotation with like doctor shopping, but like, this is therapy. You absolutely need to shop around because, you know, my style isn't going to work yeah. for everybody and I want them to find the right fit. I was going to so say this, this one, I am more than happy when this someone, isn't like, uh, yeah, uh, applying a procedure here. You have to actually like the cut of somebody's jib to be able to do this or, or it's not going to exactly. work. Uh, yeah, I, I am kind of the same way with tattoo artists. If I'm going to sit there in your chair for six, seven, eight hours, I have to not think yeah, you're yeah. a dick. If I'm going to bleed you know? while you wipe and bleed and wipe and bleed and wipe, yeah, this is going to be. Yeah. They, do, they certainly don't. Uh, yeah, we got to be cool, Don't man. lick them on with kittens, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we did mention right. uh, I do have to derail things for a quick minute for a quick shout out yeah, for our Patreon uh, folks. Uh, you did mention keeping the lights on. And that's exactly what we are going to do. So mm-hmm. real fast. A big thank you to Mary, Curtis, Leo, Suzanne, Astrid, Tamar, Jason, Taylor, Robin, Joe, and Heather. Thank you all very much. Uh, If you'd like to support the podcast and other forms of spirituality-based debauchery, head over to patreon.com slash the unusual Buddha. We've got rewards, exclusives, all kinds of other cool, you know, shit. So (laughs) check it out. Uh, Let us know what you think. (laughs) And uh, obviously, uh, if you are there, that's uh, one of the quickest ways to uh i'm all over the internet but that's the the dm uh i'm I'm answering that one quickly that's more of a bat line kind of thing so um definitely appreciate everyone there and uh if you'd like to head over there please do so uh anything you can give is greatly appreciated all right now that we're done with that uh so christy i have to ask you so (laughs) this uh your personal practices is is this new or is this something you've been working on relatively i see your your the reason i ask is your social media stuff uh is is good and you're having fun with it and you're authentic and i love that uh it just looks like you haven't don't have too many posts so i'm just curious is this like something you just started or right. yes 
Mm-hmm. Good question. So yes, sweary therapy is pretty new. Um, I waited until I got full li- fully licensed to get that going and off the ground. So during the pandemic, I actually started as a registered mental health counseling intern, which is basically what Florida calls um, those of us who have graduated from school and, and are in the the pre-licensure period where we have to accumulate a bunch of hours before we can become fully licensed. It takes a minimum of two okay. years. Um, and so in that time I had a private practice and I'm not super creative with names. It was just Christy Marie counseling. And I've been doing that since June of 2020. And then when I became licensed, I wanted to branch out. And really that's when I had, you know, been working on building that niche and figuring out who am I really like, which kind of therapist am I really? I am the very <laughs> therapist and really owning that. And so, um, and for my birthday, it was basically like my birthday month. So I got licensed in January, fully licensed in January. Um, and then my birthday was in April. And so that was about when I rolled it all nice. out. And so I, you know, in the meantime, I built the website, got the business, you know, the logo and all the branding and things like that. And so that, yeah. So everything's really new in terms of the sweary therapy thing. I, I have much more of a presence, though not a lot of original content yet in the Christine Marie counseling um, realm. So I'm on the Facebook and the Instagram and, you know, all the places as, as that as well. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm still figuring out how to be more present in social media. So, uh, I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of followers right now and I had some controversy on the Facebook, which generated a bunch of, um, traffic. There's somebody had posted my logo thinking it was a meme and they got called out for not giving me credit huh. and it created this whole the sweary therapy on a Facebook group. The, the sweary therapy yeah. logo? Oh, yeah. cause I love that logo. It's very retro and stuff. Yeah. Right, well, that's, that's. Oh, yeah, like, I love like it. Benda says here on the uh, the chat there. I don't know if you saw a controversy on Facebook. What? Yeah, it's it's Facebook for anybody that doesn't uh, know. Right? If you are <laughs> trying to put something on Facebook other than your personal stuff, Facebook fucking sucks. I don't know what is happening, but it's, but as the crazy. age of the the average age of the user on the platform increases, it seems like so does the average asshole quotient. But, uh, oh, everybody's yeah. got a problem yeah. so, for some reason yeah. i think you owe them uh you know complete audience or something i'm not sure where that that entitlement comes from <laughs> well in this case someone was like claiming it as theirs and i had a bunch of other therapy people that knew me, that was mine kind of defend me i wasn't in the group at the time but it got a whole bunch of like it had like 150 comments about how great the branding was so it was great for like the feedback right. and it generated a boatload of traffic to my facebook page um, and they event we eventually sorted it out and I got credit and yada, yada, yada. Um, so now I feel like the pressure to like actually keep, like, I need to start creating content. So that's something I'm working awesome. on y'all, but <laughs> if there's any way I can help, let me know. I am Cause a this, part this of a is my, my favorite, uh, this, this is something I've fallen is in love thing? with over time is, is, uh, the social media aspect of, of everything. But, uh, I was going to ask about yeah. the podcast. You said the podcast, cause I looked, I didn't see, didn't see one, uh, tied in. Yes. So I'm trying to figure out how to tie it into my Facebook, but um, I do play on a podcast called If the Couch Could Speak. We're pretty new. I think we've only done like, I don't know, between 15 and 20 episodes. We're on Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube, and it's just a bunch of therapists getting together and discussing a variety of topics kind of related to mental health. Like we've discussed all sorts of things, like what's it like being a therapist or for those of them that are dating, like what it's like being a therapist while dating or what happens when friends and family like accuse us of therapizing them <laughs> or could only imagine <laughs> which not what we're doing, but <laughs> we get accused of it. Let's be um, real. We discuss like the things. That get... say, let's, let's be real. Uh, I'm sure you probably have something similar. I know when I was a mechanic, people would always walk up to me and they're like, car, every time I started, it goes, ah, boop, boop, boop. And like, 
I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know. Make the noise mm-hmm. louder. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with your car. Bring it over here. Like, for me to do about it. I'm sh- I, I feel like that happens right? too. I don't know if that's a thing with therapy, but hey man, I do this one thing. It's yep. really annoying. And oh yeah. <laughs> Yep. How can I do this? Or my kid does this one thing or, or what's my, we talked about this too on the podcast. My, my least favorite, but also most common is like when I'm not being, you know, my best version of myself and somebody would be like, well, aren't you a therapist? Don't you know a different way? You know, shouldn't you be better at this? And it's like, I'm just a freaking human like you, man. You know, I suck too. (laughs) Like, come on. Be on the clock all (laughs) the time. So, you know, we we talk about those things. We talk about what gets people's licenses revoked and, and what gets them in trouble. Um, we've talked about, I, I hosted a couple episodes where we talked about Encanto, where we talked about imposter syndrome. So it's wow, just, a, it, it's a lot of fun the, and it's something that we're, we're pretty new at. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely make sure you get the, the so, what, something we're having make fun sure, with. I'll, I'll make sure to, uh, pester you until I get them, but the links for that. Do you have any, uh, any, any plans to do any like yeah. uh, writing, any blogging, any, any books, anything like that in you? Maybe. <sighs> eventually I would love to do those things. So getting a blog going, my husband's always pushing me to like put it all together and write a book one day. I mean, and honestly, uh, while I'm working two jobs and straddling two careers, that's just not going to happen anytime soon, not with any serious writing. Um, But the goal is to eventually transition to, you know, just working in therapy only. Um, And so my goal is to have a blog soon, but I'm not sure the timing on that. So right now, Uh, some oh, experts I'm and able to... and grow marketing mm-hmm. terms and all this kind of stuff. Oh, geez. I, <laughs> go on about that. I have a client who's a social media like manager. Oh, like, like that's what she, they, they do. But like, and all I want to do is pick their brain, but obviously I can't because right, right. I'm their therapist. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then if I, you know, and I gleam little tidbits from the things that they'll share that they're doing at work. And I'm like, oh, exactly. write that down. But, I, you know, <laughs> I wish I could see that's from being a therapist. I'm like, oh, man, if yeah, I wasn't your therapist, lines here. I'd be lines. picking your brain for this right now. Mm-hmm. Boundaries, man. Got to have good boundaries. I think that's proof so. that anybody working in social media long enough, they, they should get uh, some sort of voucher program to get uh, counseling for free. Because, right? Jesus Christ, some of the people that come and do this stuff are just really super fucking annoying like like what is wrong with you i don't understand why you're talking to me like this i'm also a person on this side of the keyboard but, uh right? i guess the the yeah. uh, promise of of anonymity probably brings out a lot more out of people than than we'd really care to think yeah all right yeah. so so we've come it's to up. uh the the this is my personal favorite part of the show uh, and the part that 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 really ties it all together it's like the rug and uh, the rug and the big Lebowski. It just ties the room together. It is a game, high stakes. It's called Movies and Cheeses. So uh, I did I did explain it to you a little bit ahead of time, but for anybody that has not played it, um, 
it's exactly what it sounds like. We are going to take turns naming one cheese and one movie in pairs until uh, the other cannot, until there's there's one person left standing, um, as it were. Oh God, I'm gonna fail. <laughs> so, yep, and uh, the the only real rules are you you can't pull uh, the the Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky three. You know, it's got to have a name. Yeah, that's that's yeah. one of the rules. Um, it's also um, you know, you can totally play off of uh, you know, if you say Colby, then you know, I could say Colby Jack or you know, you know whatever like that. So you can play off cheeses like gotcha. that. Just make sure we're not. Uh, okay. uh, you know, I don't know if any cheeses have the same common name, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, Right, right. So, yeah. uh, we, okay. would you like to start, or would you rather I do? Usually, we let the the guests start things off, but if it's too much pressure, I can, I can. Um. Okay. I can start. All right, I'm gonna go with my favorite goat cheese and the oh, Lion King. Oh man, goat cheese and the Lion King. Those are both two really good things. Um. <laughs> so I am gonna go with Brie and Ghostbusters. Right, interesting okay. fact about Brie go is also uh, my wife's name. <laughs> oh, well, awesome. I hope you guys like that We cheese. do. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> there's no E in her name, though, so it's different. Oh, all right. But, you there know. you go. Still, the cheese is wonderful. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I'm going to go with a mozzarella, and I'm going to stick with Disney and go ooh, with Encanto. Ooh. All right. So now, now I'm in trouble. You're going down the whole Disney IP. We'll be here for days. I'm probably gonna run out of cheese I'm, first. My brain's stuck. I can't help it. <laughs> Gotta take some some pictures of the cheese aisle next time to study to keep up on the cheese side here. Right. So I'm gonna go with uh, port wine and Conan the Barbarian. All right. All right. A little blast from the past there. It's all right. Um. Let's go with Parmesan, and I'll break away. We'll say arrival. Okay. okay. I like it. I like it. All right, so I'm going to go with Gouda. A really good cheese. So good. So good. And I'm actually stalling now because mm-hmm. I can't think of a name of a movie. <laughs> you got to do this every now and then. So, uh, yes, it's uh, to the host of the show. All right, so I'm going to go with uh, Finding Nemo. Nice choice. All right. I need another cheese. Uh, how about some feta cheese? and the Ooh, crow that's a good one tragic ending in, in real life and let's be real the cheese itself is fucking tragic it's terrible <laughs> what feta what? Ugh. you don't like oh. feta cheese tastes like drowning I in the love ocean cheese uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm gonna tell my husband you said that because he doesn't like it either but all right love so it. i'm gonna go with uh american <laughs> cheese and just to do the sequel thing like i was talking about Conan the Destroyer. That's the second one in that series. Ah. Good. Arnold. Gotta love him. Okay. All right. Well, if you didn't like feta, you probably love uh. blue cheese. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a movie. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, I'm brain oh. farting here. I'm going to start playing the Jeopardy music. I just watched a movie yesterday. What did I watch and that's yesterday? That's the thing people don't realize. People are like, oh, man, I'm going to run out of cheese first. I don't think you are. I don't think you realize until you play this game no. about how bad it is. It's silly, too, because I actually don't watch a lot of TV and movies. I'm not a big media consumer. Um, and so I brain fart on this stuff all the time. Uh, you mentioned The Big Lebowski yes, earlier, so yes, I'm going to steal that one. love it. All right. <laughs> so now the ball's in my court here. Okay, so I'm going to go with... Uh, Tron. It's another fantastic Jeff Bridges movie. 
Love it. Ah, I was thinking <laughs> that one next. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tron, and I am going to go with Monterey Jack. All right. Okay. I'm going to go with cream okay. cheese. And, 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 and. <laughs> um, <laughs> back to Disney. Nice, the Jungle nice, Book. Nice. Nice. All right. So I'm going to go with uh, a little bit of an offshoot Pepper Jack. Pepper Jack, oh, and nice. I, I did okay. mention it earlier, but it's one of my favorite franchises. Uh, there may be you may be noticing a recurring theme, but uh, Rocky is one of my favorite movies too. I think I may have done two <laughs> movies, but that's okay. That's funny. Um, shit, I can't think of oh, any more no. cheese. Are you are you conceding? Wait, a little timer action. Wait. I'm thinking, do, hang do, on. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm doing this because I don't have the um, effect. How do you say it? Gray year? There you go. Okay. Is that the yep. word? Is that how you say it? Gray year? How do you say that? I don't even know. I know how to spell yeah. it. I don't know. G unit cheese. Yeah, that. That one. <laughs> that cheese. Um, and ooh, ooh, the Martian. Ooh. Rescuing it from the, from the jaws of defeat. I'm going to go with... Uh, Roquefort and ready to rumble. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, I really don't damn. Have cheese in mind. All right, so I got to do it. I got to do it. Hold on one second. That's it. So you got the buzzer. That means I have won. I concede. You win. Champions. You win. Yes, that's okay because I got beat. <laughs> uh, I'm still really mad at Mondo Samu. He's a meditation teacher we interviewed. Uh, this is, I believe it's the first time we did movies and cheeses. Uh, Ermin knows the second time he did movie cheese, but anyway, he beat me and I'm still pissed and I'm going to, I'm, I'm coming for you, Mondo. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'll get comfy. All right. Well, hopefully when you play this much, you're right? learning more cheese. slow walking down the cheese aisle. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, I don't have a list of cheeses in front of me. I'm seriously just going off of memory. But, um, thank you so much for, for, for coming. Uh, I wanted to ask you if, if you had any parting thoughts, any things you wanted to talk about, anything we maybe missed uh, as far as, uh, things in general, anything. Um, you know, like, uh, like my tagline says, y'all, it's just fucking therapy. It's not rocket science. It doesn't mean you're messed up or defective. Just get out there and go talk to somebody so you can live your best life. All right. That's really all I've got. <laughs> no, that's, and that's awesome. I think that's probably the, 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 uh, what are those things when we were kids, cliff notes, or, or I believe was a little, little tiny books where you could cheat. Yeah. I think that's probably the, the best part is just live your best life. Like, don't let this shit be something that hems you up um it's such a buzzword exactly. now and everybody's you know using it and um you know and and there's a lot of people who are i guess uh feigning that they care about it but, uh obviously you know you you know your behavior you know your feelings uh if something feels off something feels wrong definitely look into it it's it doesn't have to be a, a dire situation in fact it's best if it's not a dire situation mm-hmm. because uh Usually there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, paperwork and, and things that come with, uh, you know, getting to that dire situation. Because uh, you certainly don't want to be talking to a therapy, uh, you know, while, while handcuffed to right. a table. So <laughs> definitely, <laughs> no, I definitely don't want that. Um, so thank you very much for, for talking to us. I really appreciate your time. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what, uh, what stuff you have uh, coming down the pike as far as content. Um, and if you have anything, any questions or anything I can help with, or, or maybe you want to 
do a collaborative thing. I don't even know what it would be, but uh, just let me know. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Holler me. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really a lot awesome. of fun. And, and um, so, yep. So remember, we are exploring the middle path. And uh, I do have one, my favorite, possibly my favorite ending sound effect, because this pretty much captures the entirety of this show and the unusual Buddha. Everything I do is... Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Again, Chrissy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I will get this uh, to you as soon as I have it. Uh... There it is, Unusuals. Another episode of the Unusual Buddha Podcast in the books. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't miss the next one. Thank you.